0: Next installment of the SUAS News Podcast Series where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your host, Patrick Egan. Before we get rolling today, uh, I'm going to say happy new year to everyone and welcome to 2017, first podcast of 2017. Today's subject is very relevant. uh, This podcast is Winds of Change and we're going to uh talk to our guests today um about the political climate and let's say kind of a regime change in Washington DC our guests are uh Jeff Anders and Rob Thompson um hello gentlemen hello hello all right well um so we we've, we've been hearing about a lot of stuff in the news uh lots of let's say uh, turmoil and, and and people are kind of excited about uh, what's happening in DC and everything else but before we launch into that, maybe uh, Jeff could you give us a little bio about yourself and how you became involved with the unmanned aircraft subject
1: sure and thanks and happy New Year to everyone as well um, yeah um well i come from a strong policy background i've been engaged in advocacy and lobbying work in washington for almost 30 years now i began my career um working in the senate on the staff um, of two committees one was the senate budget committee the other was the senate health committee and uh i spent a number of years working in policy and legislation and um mostly relevant to um emerging technologies even back when i started um Largely engaged in, in some, you know, exciting healthcare technology, and it, it it inspired me to make a career in working on policy issues related to technology. Fast forward to today, um, for the last number of years, um, I've been looking at new technologies and how government and, and policy uh, impact uh, advances in some of those technologies. And a couple of years ago, I started working in the UAS space and. Um, got real excited about some of the um, opportunities in in, in that area. And so uh, today I've been working with um, Rob and some others who are looking to promote UAS and and work with the government and and work toward making sure that um, some of the regulations and some of the legislation and the policies can only uh, advance uh, this new exciting technology. So that's really what I'm about. Looking at new opportunities to promote this technology and make sure that the government doesn't strangle it um, as it as it moves forward.
0: All right. Well, that sounds good. Um, sounds like you've been <clears throat> at the DC game for you know a little while. Um, yes, I have. R- Just a little, so you understand how this thing works. Uh, And, Rob, could you uh, give us a little uh, bio about yourself, please, and how you became involved with the unmanned aircraft subject? Thank you very much, uh,
2: Patrick, and uh, to SUAS News listeners, um, I'm Rob Thompson. I'm a third-generation commercial pilot, and I was lucky enough to be born into a family of pilots. Um, My grandfather started a repair and inspection certification station 70 years ago. And uh, I've been involved in ISR for aircraft operations, and that led me into unmanned first as a military and then second as a civilian. And uh, through the civilian changes, I saw lots of people doing dumb stuff. So I said, uh, I think this is an area that I should bring my expertise to. And, uh, you know, growing up in a background of political environment with aircraft all my life um, has afforded me some opportunities to be able to make impact in technology. And I thought this is a great area to uh, protect safety and to uh, promote growth and innovation.
0: Yeah, well, that sounds good. And I, uh, I know, you know, we, we chat back and forth and also tweet back and forth and some of the, some of the stuff, uh, the, the, the it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I did, uh, I was really kind of impressed that uh, your grandfather um, worked with the, just recently deceased John Glenn. Um, I don't I don't know if you want to touch on that story real quick.
2: Oh, sure. Um, so let's see, I believe back in the 90s, the FAA was messing with uh, Bob Hoover and John Glenn needed, a let's see, his biannual flight review. And uh, amongst the aviation community, we already knew he was making a ploy to go back to space as the oldest person in space. So they had to find someone older than him and that just happened to be my grandfather. Um, General Miller, who flew the, uh, the the first Harrier jet for the United States Marine Corps, uh, a good friend of my grandfather, uh, suggested to uh, John Glenn to come on out, and we brought him out to the hangar and had a good day out of it.
0: Interesting, and so everything worked out, and John Glenn got to go back to space.
2: That's correct. And that was Interesting. just uh, one of the days around around the hangar airport there. Um, lots of people coming through, policy generals, um, you name it. It's a good
0: time. Hanging at the hangar. Well, yeah, that does sound like a good time. Interesting. It's interesting sometimes how history just kind of throws things into the mix. Um, you know, I, I I I wanted to talk about you know, and and I think I want to talk about some of the the drone advocacy that's happened in 2016. We got uh, Part 107. Um, It's kind of interesting. A lot of people, and and I know that we went back and forth on this, Rob, but we're we're thinking, like, uh, the FAA was just going to open, kick the door open on this drone thing, and people were saying that beyond visual line of sight was going to happen, yada, yada. Uh, Everything that everybody wanted to do was kind of talked about or bandied about that that was going to happen, which I didn't believe was going to happen, and I – And I don't want to speak for you, but I think we talked about it. Um, It's kind of funny now. People are saying, oh, you know, they're still wringing their hands with the drones and I can't make any money because the FAA is holding me back. Um, I I thought 107 was, was pretty progressive on the FAA's part, especially with no data. Uh, I think people were dreaming on the beyond visual line of sight thing, but I want to talk about how advocacy and lobbying play into kind of what we have. And, and uh, I don't know which one of you wants to take that first.
2: Um, maybe Jeff will speak first and then I'll finish up.
1: Well, Jeff, what do you think? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's a real opportunity here because first of all we have um, with a new administration and a and, and new senior policymakers at some of the agencies and uh, in the Congress, we have a chance to educate and inform and, and talk about this exciting technology and what's available. And, for you know, as as one who's been involved in advocacy and lobbying for a long time, I can tell you, first and foremost, it is about education. It's the People, you know, in many ways have the wrong impression about what a lobbyist does. Well, what first and foremost, what a lobbyist does is he educates. So um, my point here is that with with what what's going on now, the, the you know the new Congress being um, organized, a new administration coming in in January, we have a real opportunity to inform and educate, and that's what I would say should be our top priority. Uh, talking about this technology, talking about the advances and the opportunity that it affords people in business. Um, so that would be the first thing. The second thing is we have some tangible. Uh, pieces of legislation that are, are will be forthcoming in, 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 this, uh, in this new Congress, specifically the, the uh, reauthorization of the FAA bill. You know, last year they passed uh, the um, FAA reauthorization. It was known as the FAA Extension Safety and Security Act of 2016, but that was a relative short-term extension, only um, in place until uh, September of this year, 2017. Uh, so what we need to do going forward is, is, is engage with members of Congress and engage with the FAA and develop some um, new language and some, uh, talk about some new provisions in the upcoming law that will help us shape the, you know, the, 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 the dimensions of what UAS will be going forward. There are some specific things in the current law, the, the 2016 law, that give us that opportunity. There were 13 provisions related to drones and UAS in the 2016 law, they're now at the FAA, and the FAA is um, developing regulations, you know, relating to some of those things. So there's an opportunity to do some engagement at the FAA level right now. So what I'm suggesting is we have so many opportunities. We have um, the opportunity to engage with FAA on regs. We have the opportunity to engage with Congress on the due legislation. And I, I really think it's so important for people to understand that this, this is our chance. This is our chance to inform, to educate And really work to advance the interest of the UAS community right now and I'll let Rob talk about some of the more specific issues that he sees that are um, give us that opportunity oh yes so uh, in the
2: history of this thing has not been very good at all and I'll point to aviation because um, the folks in aviation knew this this was going to be aviation from day one and they told everyone and other folks went off and did their own thing and that's great A good example is when the iPad came around and and flight, was introduced to the cockpits. Um, As soon as I put an iPad in almost all the aircraft out there, they replaced the current $100,000, million-dollar systems that were in the aircraft. Now, that, that was a big paradigm shift in technology for the FAA because now they're going to allow iPads in the aircraft. Well, they didn't have a big stink about it. Everyone complied. Everyone got the rules in order. The thing was passed through. That's because they were using decades-old-long aviation folks to get that legislation passed through. Now, fast forward to our times, they um, got together a couple of groups and were promised certain things. And I'm not going to call out those individual groups. I say enough on Twitter. But um, those, groups, those groups were uh, honestly put together with people that didn't understand any of this stuff. And so, um, you know, with what Jeff was speaking on this great opportunity now, anyone that was involved in the Obama administration is going to have a, a really hard time getting much pulled off with the Congress that we'll have, the Senate, or with the president directly. Right,
0: and I would agree with that. I, you know, I'm starting. To, I'm out here in California, Northern California, and, and I'm. Uh, you know, I will say, I, I think that the 107 was very progressive. People like to take credit for that. Um, oh, you know, we were able to do all this. I, you know, a lot of that stuff was uh, stuff that was talked about in the small UAS arc back in 2008. A lot of the, the uh, stuff that was in there was also um, stuff that was in the of proposed guidelines. So it did take a long time. I will say I think that the FAA, uh, I know that they were beat up on. Um, I think that a lot of people went in with kind of a lick and a promise. I think as this uh, – you're right, Rob, as this kind of starts to – get its, like, sea legs and, and goes forward, uh, people will realize that this is more of an aviation thing, and I think that there's still a lot of compliance issues and other issues. And I'd really like to see the community kind of come together and embrace this as, as aviation do the research, um, you know, produce the material that's not conjecture that we could go and educate Congress with. I think we've had so many uh, missed opportunities where people go to Congress and talk about their feelings and they have nothing on paper to back up what they're talking about. There's no scientific research. There's no, um, you know, what I would call credible forecast. There's, there's really nothing people just go in and kind of talk about how they feel. And I, I think that's, that's, that's a, that's a real credibility issue. Anybody want to yep. uh, comment yeah, on I th- that?
2: I think so. I think so as well. Um, the industry had plenty of time to get their act together and come up with some kind of standards for safety so they could combat the FAA with science and data that they will accept, which is uh, very different from going out and just conducting stuff in a garage and setting up a camera. Um, once Once that data and science uh, has been approved, and now that's your hardening point for any of the safety moving forward. Um,
1: well, it's and some and of the
2: companies
0: know, Go ahead. I'll go, well, I just you know some of these studies that came out that uh, the FAA has funded, and lo and behold, uh, the the data would suggest that drones are not like birds. So I mean I I you know I think that was a kind of any logical person or fair-minded person didn't buy that drones were birds um, you know birds don't have metal in them and whatever else but but really I think what's what's wrong with that is is the the OEMs and the drone manufacturers haven't come together and done the science and let's say something that's uh, you know would stand up to a third-party peer independent peer review um, and so they allowed the the regulator to spend the money and ask the questions. You, is, is that how it works in aviation? You think that's going down the right road? That's
2: correct. I, I mean, I worked in certification for a large um, airline company, Zodiac, who builds uh, – we did coffee pots, and you think, oh, well, that's just a coffee pot. Well, if that catches on fire on an airplane, you got a problem. There's not so many things on an aircraft that's going to be heating up to uh, 1,000 degrees and such. So uh, you know, I, my my job was to work with folks to make certain that the products were uh, certificated in a proper manner. I worked with uh, DARS and all the certification folks. Until we have some kind of certification, then we're just guessing on stuff. So if the industry came together and started proactively seeking, uh, you know, airworthiness style directive research, then. They would have some arguing points on this, but I honestly think they're not going to be able to argue too much about um, a drone hitting an aircraft and what kind of damage it's going to do. Um, those that understand airframes and stuff, not guys on the couch flying RCs, um, they've been working <coughs> in structure and material sciences for a couple decades. They'll tell you those things are going to come apart, and every square inch on an aircraft is a critical component on this. So.
0: Wait. Yeah, as you're moving through the air. But I, I, I think if we had, you know, and I've been kind of banging this drum for oh, many moons now, that, uh, you know, if you had this credible um, data, uh, something that you could go into and you have the opportunity, you finally have the opportunity to go in and educate someone in Congress, uh, you're you're actually giving these Congress people something they can hang their hat on, uh, one, not look foolish, to take as credible, you know, uh, information, you know, something that maybe was, you know, conducted by that uh, NASA people, and then, you know, uh, given to several universities to uh, to vet, or at least look at. You can go in there with a straight face and say, well, you know. Um, you know, congressperson, whatever, uh, you know, here's the research that we did, you know, sometimes, uh, things happen outside the law of averages, but we're going to go back and, uh, we'll, we'll work on ways to make sure this doesn't happen again. I also think that we've, we've missed many opportunities in, in coming up with industry standards, um, you know, say for the ethics of using drones, photography, news gathering, um, you know, like any other profession would do I, I think that's really lacking i I point a lot to uh when there was that 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 bag thing at, at Heathrow they said it was a drone, and it turned out to be a bag. I went to the you know uh, bag manufacturer's website and they had scientific data and a cogent message that they had on their website that they could show people. Which is head and shoulders above what the drone people do. So, moving forward and wanting to fly beyond visual line of sight and do all of these other things that people are talking about or lamenting that they can't do and it is costing them money. Uh, Jeff, what would be your advice uh, before you know spending money on lobbying?
1: Well, I think you guys you guys have touched on it. I think what what needs to happen is is developing some good hardcore data some good science some good research package it in such a way that's persuasive and 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 then go you know and and have the proper messaging and then go find the you know the 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 appropriate people we call the champions if you will the people who can really speak to some of these issues and advocate for some of these issues within congress and then take advantage of 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 the the other you know nomenclature is the vehicle if you will it's it's the vehicle is the opportunity to you know legislation to move something forward and we have that in in the form of this uh, faa reauthorization bill and make sure that we don't waste the opportunity i mean most people will tell you that notwithstanding the fact that we had a number of provisions included uh on uas in the last faa reauthorization bill last year you know we didn't really take full advantage of of, of um of that legislation we have a second shot at it now because congress can Couldn't agree on a long-term extension of FAA reauthorization. So let's not blow the opportunity. This time around, this year, 2017, starting as early as as we can, let's package it right. Let's get our data together. Let's get our arguments together and go find the right people in Congress to make the case. And I think we can see some good outcomes. Yes, and the the former crowd is not going to be
2: able to do that, (laughs) if I might add, because uh, they've already been out working the past And, uh, you know, those paths are well-known these days, and uh, the bridges have crumbled, let's say, and the new bridges are being built.
1: Yeah,
0: um, you know, and I would agree with that. But, you know, um, I will have to say, you know, being kind of a uh, old hand in the bunkhouse, as it were, here – um, you know, we've been we've been missing the boat. We had uh, opportunities back even in uh, with the 2012 reauthorization bill. At the time, That's the right. Congress was like, write whatever you want, you know, bring whatever yeah. you want over here. We have really no idea what what what's cooking. And um, you right. know, the the, pe- the people that were lobbying for us, uh, the 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 advocacy group that was lobbying us for us then, made a huge mistake. They, they. I mean, it was even a, it was in the news that the the they were given the opportunity to write the language, and they left things out of the language for let's say, well, there's a, a myriad of reasons, and I don't really want to get into it, but you know, they just didn't have the commercial drone user's uh, best interest at heart. Then I think we move. Since then, we've been moving down the track, and we've had a lot of good access to Congress. I mean. I, I, I have to say, you know, some of the people that came in, uh, let's say later, were instrumental at getting lots of quality access to Congress that I saw just be squandered, you know. And and really, that's kind of sad. There were people there; uh, they want to listen, they want to hear about this technology, they're excited about the potential, and you know, it was. I, I watched the the people testify. Well, you know, Senator um, so-and-so, I I feel like it's going to really be really cool. It's going to be good. Here, let me fly my drone for you. Let me show you my drone. You know, which uh, there's a little bit of value to that, but man, if we had some, you know, some, uh, our act together, let's say, and we went in there and had some some data and a nice uh, presentation that was, was something that was coherent and something that those people in those positions could understand, I think we'd be a lot better off as far as the rules are concerned moving forward. You guys agree,
1: disagree with that? Total, totally agree with that, Pat. I mean, you know, this is my point. We, yeah, you start with with good, you know, policy, with good science, with good data, and frankly, there is a public affairs or, or you know, a messaging component to this. It's got to be, as you say, packaged properly, and and um, and then you, you again, you have to identify the right champions within within the Congress, and you, you'd be surprised at what you can get done. Now, we you know, we we had some, you know. Partisan gridlock uh, these past few years. There's been some high degree of dysfunctionality. I, I have to say, you know, in Washington, everyone knows that. I mean, that's what's led to, you know, where we are today. I think people, you know, are so uh, tired of the dysfunction in, in Washington. Let's see what this new administration can do. I mean, I will say, we do have unified government now. I mean, you know, coming moving forward, we're going to have Republicans in in charge of the House, Republicans in charge of the Senate and obviously a Republican administration. Um, that will give us an opportunity to move things forward. Uh, we just have to make sure, as you say, we don't squander the opportunity. We have a great opportunity this year in 2017. Frankly, people in all kinds of sectors and industries are really excited about what can happen. Um, and I think in, in this area, the UAS community really needs to take its full advantage of the opportunity we've been given here. Let's not squander it this time. Let's really move out and do the right thing. Well, and yep. yeah,
0: you're, that sounds good to me. Um, Rob, would you uh, would you, do you have something you'd like to add to that? Uh,
2: yes. So um, moving forward, that uh, there's a provision in REOFF uh, directly related to infrastructure, and you know I'm just going to tell the listeners that you know I believe that's the one area that's going to move on beyond visual line of sight, and the time to start making those that headway is now. Um, if you allow the people that are in control of that process to maintain what they're doing, then uh, you'll see certification standards that will be much more greater than what the community would want.
0: Oh, yeah. You're uh, preaching to the choir. I think the the first mistake uh, is allowing the regulator to do or let's say, ask the questions in the research. You know, I've talked about this before on the podcast. You have uh, at people that are advocating for the commercial drone community are totally uh, unqualified. And when I brought this to this woman's attention, I said, hey, you know, uh, that's not really how aviation works. Uh, where the regulator does all the research and asks all the questions, you're really setting yourself up for a problem. Well, I don't know. I don't have time for that. Okay, that's <laughs> the advocacy you're getting, Okay and that's that's from one of the big drone companies that had hundreds mil, 100 and some odd million dollars of funding uh you know could write checks could do whatever they want had access to congress yada yada the other example i'm going to give of poor advocacy is is you know i do think that uh during this uh the well the the outgoing administration that the tech companies at silicon valley had a lot of let's say I would say kissing a promise or prima facie. Hey, we think this is great and it's going to work. And uh, that was used to to kick the crap out of the FAA to get something done. But I will say people talk about whiz kids. Let's talk about delivery real quick. I I do see where delivery, drone delivery was going to save the world. You know, we were talking about pharmaceuticals and blood and all the rest of this stuff. And then we saw some companies and let's say, I want to call I don't want to just say or trivialize it and say it's frivolous, but candy bars, popcorn, uh, things Buritas. like this. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous, okay? But when you look at the Wiz Kids that have been in charge of the advocacy and you want to do drone delivery in one of the biggest companies in the world, most famous companies in the world, one of the smartest guys, he, uh, he, he owns the post there in D.C., all the rest of that. The Wiz Kids. Uh, had language in the riot that precluded them from doing delivery. Does that sound, I mean, to me it doesn't sound like effective advocacy. It sounds to me that, you know, somebody got frustrated and um, let's say, I'm, I'm trying to think of a family friendly word because <laughs> it's a friendly show. <laughs> But I I, I think it was counterproductive. Let's just say that. They threw a lot of money at it. It was counterproductive if that language is in there that precluded them from
1: doing exactly what they want to do.
0: Agree or disagree, Jeff?
1: Well, I I can't speak to the specifics of that that case, Pat. All I will tell you is that God knows people blow opportunities all the time. I mean, you know like you said we we, we've been given a great opportunity in 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 legislation here Um, we yeah there was one as you suggested in 2012 there was another one in 2016 these are specific pieces of legislation that that you know even contemplate the you know the 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 role of advocacy when it comes to UAS in other words they invite that it is these are aviation related um, pieces of legislation they, they give us such a great opportunity. We have to take full advantage. We have to be prepared. Going, you know, when we when we get before these members of Congress, we have to have our ducks in a row. All the great phrases you want to use. Um, and I'm just suggesting again, you know, that we, we going forward now. We, you know, let's just make sure we take full advantage. Let me just speak to to what uh, one point that Rob had made about infrastructure, you know, um, and and he correctly points out that. In the 2016 bill, there, there was a specific provision, um, you know, associated with critical um, infrastructure, and it, it speaks to, um, you know, oil and gas and railroads and, and things of that nature. As a matter of fact, I would tell you that the way this provision was written, it was specifically worded to address the needs of, of, of all of these infrastructure owners and operators in places like, um, you know, pipelines and electrical grids and oil and gas, and to your point, you know, Pat, um, that was that's an invitation. That they can't mm. be more direct. I mean, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's saying please provide the input, provide the data, provide you know the proper science. Give us give us a chance to do what's what's right. Give us a chance to do what you're advocating for. Here we are tying in all the themes that we've discussed in this call today. Give us that opportunity. They, they they're giving us that to us. We have to take full advantage of that. The, the, well, the, these provisions are are now at, at the FAA. Where they're they're desperately searching for that kind of input from industry, from advocates, to try to you know this ought to be a public private partnership here moving forward. Frankly, in the area of UAS, there's so much expertise in the private sector. Uh, probably, I won't say probably, definitely greater than probably. Either than, I'm sorry, that exists. You know, in the government. So let's take advantage of that.
0: Well. And you know, I wasn't uh, trying to put you on the spot as much as I was trying to illustrate the, uh, you know, the classic. Another, we got another uh, good one here is the round or square peg, round hole. Um, you know, some of these same people have been working on this since back in the 2012, and they just seem to keep banging that peg. And it's like, like you just said, I mean, yeah. And people are wringing their hands. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. But there's this open invitation, um, uh, you know, uh, for the infrastructure thing to like, come in here and show us. And, uh, instead you got people wringing their hands and I, I, I think maybe right. a little bit of a, a money thing. And then also a, um, experience thing, but I, I, and I do want to say that too. And with the drone folks, you know, there's a lot of people who are smart, but they're not, Let's say looking at this like aviation and one thing that is always lacking is that the people that represent us to, to Congress are not really, uh, let's say, users and are right. not really the people that should be there. And I've seen some mistakes, one of them, going into Congress and, and one of our advocates a few years back telling the Congress people what to call these things. Or getting on national uh-huh. media. Oh, don't call them that. You've got to call them this. And in both you know, cases, the people were like, don't tell us what to call them. You know, who are you? Um, and then you're going to come in here and you are going to tell us that this is all great and it's all safe. Okay, well, uh, how do we know it's safe? Where's the data? Well, I don't have any. I mean, that, that just, as far as I'm concerned, you just should open the window and you just chucked your credibility right out there. You know, next. Yeah. And, and we've seen, we've witnessed this happen watching these hearings time and time again. Rob, I, I know you're, you're probably uh, want to get in. You have a few comments on that. <laughs>
2: well, uh, there's a certification process, and people need to, to follow that. Um, some things that the German the community doesn't understand is in aircraft, um, people used to want to try to open their own airlines, it was like the thing. So uh, whenever you're operating a commercial standard, the, all the maintenance and everything is more scrutinized to uh, make it so it's safe. Um, that's why we don't have very many airlines. It's like, you know, it has to be safe. Well, and if the, the public doesn't think it's safe, then they won't ride on the aircraft.
0: Right. Well, and that's that. And I think this will be like the, the final uh, part of the segment here. I wanted to talk about that. Now, uh, president Trump or elect, uh, Trump did have an airline. Um, and I guess it, you know, it was part of, uh, bought what some of the Eastern stuff out of bankruptcy, whatever else. And there were other problems in there. Um, I guess, you know, records and whatever weren't kept from Eastern yada, yada. But, um, when we go forward and we look at the nominee, Elaine Chao for, um, Department of Transportation. Would Would anyone like to maybe read the tea leaves uh, on on the new direction for DOT?
2: What do you think, Jeff? You got a connection to Mitch McConnell, don't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, maybe a little known fact is um, Elaine Chow is the wife of uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky. So theoretically, we have a nice opportunity here a streamlined process if we can um work with the leadership in the congress um we might be able to get some things accomplished there that could you know easily get through the department of transportation with that maybe with that pillow talk right i mean i think we have a nice opportunity there um for a, a, you know a new a new uh, dot secretary to uh facilitate some of these um you know, developments and, and regulatory framework over at the, at the department specifically within the FAA. And so I think, to my point earlier, you know, with unified government, you know, we have a real chance um, to, to get something accomplished that's significant to the UAS community. Now, that said, I, I mean, I have to concede that even within the last, you know, administration, um, I, I think, you know, for the most part, this has not been seen as a traditional partisan issue. I should say partisan issue. In other words, you know, what I'm suggesting is if, if we had done this properly, the um, UAS community had, had, had done this properly, even in, in the last four years, in the last administration, even with Republicans in charge in the Congress and the Democratic administration, I'm not suggesting that, that you know, this could not have been accomplished. Uh, this is not like health care or some of these other issues that, that really lend, lend themselves to you know, difficult partisan gridlock. I mean, I think people on both sides of the aisle recognize the opportunity, the potential of UAS, and I I just think it had more to do with not being, you know, well organized and and having effective messaging and and, and the like. And frankly, a, a, an inability to have the public and the private sector come together in the right way to to move this regulatory framework forward. Let's hope that this time around we we do it better. And 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 I, I'm you know I'm a strong advocate for you know, informing and educating, as I said, coming equipped with good data, good science, and if we do all of that, I'm confident we'll see some really, you know, good uh, regulations being developed that will advance the interest of the U.S. community.
0: Well, yeah, I would, I'd
1: agree with all of that. I
0: think that uh, it's just as I keep uh, saying, you know, on the on the Twitter and where out wherever else, it's it's really just time. For the commercial drone community, well, actually the drone community uh, at large to kind of pull on the long pants, as it were, and get serious that this is business. But uh, I also think that uh, you know we didn't really talk about the um, the let's say hobbyist or whatever. But I I think you know we could use that as another example that all along the hobby was not going to get regulated. Well, it got regulated into Part One Hundred One, so that's not true. Uh, I think that there is a, a undercurrent out there, a lot of frustration, both in the 101 and the 107, that things weren't held or, let's say, handled properly. Um, and that might be a little bit of a, a, let's say, holdover from the technology thing. I think a lot of technology people out here, they're very passionate about technology. Um, and then when they go to the regulator, they don't understand why the regulator doesn't share that passion. Um but to be fair, I don't think the people in government—you know—you can't be passionate about everything, or you'd go nuts. So you know, uh, you know, you have to rely on those people that have the passion, the experience, the acumen uh, to to come in and educate you correctly.
1: But and I and pretty much put, if I may say, Pat, this is where yeah. I may say lobbying lobbying—you know—is is is. is um, should be viewed, uh, you know, I, I, you know, an interest of <laughs> a statement of self-interest, admittedly. But a lobbying should be viewed in a positive way because, you know, lobbying is, is really a means of education. We've talked about this throughout the call. I mean, there is a tremendous amount of expertise in the in the in the commercial drone sector. There there are people, you know, these companies in in in, in these and uh, user communities that really understand, you know, the technology, the science, have great data. It's just Time to to come together and and you know uh, organize and and make a you know make an effective messaging campaign and really get in front of the people. they as we said they're searching for answers. They're searching for a resolution. They recognize that we lag behind the rest of the world in in you know the use of commercial drones. They recognize the opportunity and potential. We just have to make sure that that they are well informed and they move forward in an expeditious expeditious way and. And, and get some of these rules, you know, adopted so that we can we can take full advantage of the technology. Uh,
0: and I would agree with that. And, you know, I have to uh, go back and say that some of that, um, you know, frustration uh, requires that the drone community kind of take a look in the mirror. Because... I, you know, there's the, the opportunity has been there and we have, um, you know, not had our act together. And, and I would, you know, the lobbying thing, it's we've all heard the jokes and whatever else, but it's a professional service and it'd be like uh, something like an accountant or lawyer or dentist or doctor. You guys know how it works. You know, um, I think uh, not only uh, do people that are not into, let's say, how the government really works, um, you know, have uh, uh, maybe a 50s or 60s version in their mind of how the government works, where you guys are kind of telling people how to get their act together, uh, funneling that data through, who to talk to, how to talk to them. Um, you know, that's that's basically what you guys do in a nutshell, correct
1: or incorrect? Well, that is correct. And, and I'm, I'm telling you, and, and people – you know, may view this, you know, with a cynical eye and laugh at at, at at this statement. But you know, in some respects, government can be your friend. Government can be your ally. And I'll give you an example. I mean, here we are. You know, we have this 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 uh, FAA reauthorization bill that we've talked about. We have a provision specifically addressing critical infrastructure. We're we the the government included the Congress I should say included that that provision in the FAA bill. It's now before the FAA for developing the rules that will implement that provision. And they're basically leaving it fairly open-ended and they're waiting for the community, the commercial drone folks, the end users, the manufacturers to come forward and say, give me a reason to promulgate a rule that will you know, advance your interests. I mean, we recognize what the potential is. We recognize the advantages. We recognize that... If a drone is allowed to inspect uh, an oil and gas facility, that could be cost-effective. That could save lives in some cases. I mean, give us a reason to put together a rule that will allow you all to do that. So in that respect, government is really your friend. Government is on your side.
0: Well, and and you're you're, uh, totally correct. It's like I tell people, you really can't have business until you have rules.
1: Right. And I use this analogy
0: like basketball, right? So if I'm, I could go and uh, play with the Warriors and, uh, you know, I'll bring my ladder. I don't dribble the ball. I set up my ladder. I could do these slam dunks all day. I'm putting points on the board, but I'm not playing basketball. So you have to have rules for a business uh, or business community to, uh, flourish and build. That's, that's, that's my, uh, my thing. And it's been that way all along. It's funny. You look at the Europeans, they're like, Oh, they're scratching their head over there. They think they're falling behind. Um, there's a little bit of hype. We know what these uses are. Uh, we hear about them. They kind of get regurgitated every two or three years. Oh, you can, you know, uh, look at cell phone towers. Yeah, we, we know that, you know, or whatever, or they're good for ag or whatever else, but the rules have to be there. So there's, there's something for people to work with, get investment, get insurance, uh, get certificated go out there and do these jobs and where uh, and we ran a little long today I should give you one last chance Rob if you want to jump in there and there was anything you want to say because we covered a lot of real estate
2: sure sure uh, the community I constantly see all these people posting first about this first about that you know the military took care of the first you know all throughout the years my grandfather was on project Aphrodite he was using uh, remote control bombers to bomb Berlin. I mean, there's a first right there. You want to talk about beyond visual eyesight sight first? There you go, forties.
0: I know. Well, it is. It, 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 I know. That's why I was saying you get these reoccurring firsts all the time. I, I get uh, it is kind of funny, and people are oh, you know, uh, I'm doing a, a you know, thesis. Uh, when do you think the first, you know, commercial transatlantic flight will be uh, happen? Uh, you know, 1998. Uh, Right. It already happened, you know, or there was uh, guys with the quadcopter, you know, we, we, we crossed the English Channel, and I was like, whoop-dee, stinkin' do, and I don't want to be Debbie Downer on that, but, you know, it's you're, you're a little late to the party, uh, and that's okay, whatever, it's good to see new people in here, and hopefully new people will uh, bring in a little bit more Let's say I think, you know, people need to roll up the sleeves, put a little bit more money into it. That is another thing I'm going to say, too, is I don't really believe that there's been enough money spent on uh, advocacy and lobbying. Uh, And I think we can see that in uh, manifest itself in some of the frustrations. But that's a topic for another podcast. Um, Any can can you give us a website where people could take this conversation offline if they're if they're serious about uh, moving forward?
2: Uh, sure, you can go to our website and look up our bios and our mission at www.FalconFoundationUAS.com. And uh, I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn as well.
0: Okay. And uh, are you on, uh, Jeff, are you on LinkedIn or Twitter or any other social platforms?
1: I am on LinkedIn. I, I have to say I'm not, not on Twitter, but um, you know, Bob and I have the... the Jeff uh, does stuff the, the old way, way,
2: down on the hill,
1: <laughs> shaking hands. So, he doesn't need to be on social media. <laughs> but, you know something? There, there's Listen, um, all the social media notwithstanding, and I, I fully endorse it, I recognize that it, you know, consistent with everything I've been saying about technology and, and the rest, but frankly, you know, if I may say, there's no substitute for good old-fashioned shoe leather either. And to the point I've made about education and informing, if you're right there face-to-face with a United States senator, Talking about these issues, at the end of the day, you know I think you have a much greater opportunity to, to you know, to make your case and make your argument and, and ultimately prevail. So that's that's where I, you know, that's where my focus is, um, whether it's UAS or anything else. And all I will say is I think just to sum up, I we have a great opportunity here. We have we have uh, there's an interest. There's there's pending legislation. There are rules being developed at FAA. We have an administration coming in that that claims to be sympathetic to business, you know, wants to relax some of the regulatory framework, and now's our chance. So I, I would highly recommend that people take this opportunity and, and, and take advantage of the chance to really, you know, advance your interest through, through participation in this process.
0: Well, that's great advice. I'd like to thank you gentlemen for being on today. Um, and all I could say is help healthy, happy, and prosperous 2017 to you guys, our guests, and also our listeners until next time. Um, you know, keep it safe.